Who are these who fly like the wind? Amen? Who are those who fly like the wind? Yeah. Woo! What a day we've had. So it's amazing to me how passionate God is in wanting us to understand the day we're in. Amen? He confirms it once and twice and three times and over and over again. That when people reach into the spiritual places, they understand. Amen? As you continue to cross over into this new place, you've already started to cross over. It started a few months ago. And as you continue to cross over into this new place, into the spiritual places, and continue to grow and mature and walk by the sonship of Jesus Christ, you're going to experience new beginnings and new and new uh, new power and new authority. People say, "We've said for a long time, the sons of God walk by the Spirit." And you might be asking yourself, "Well, I don't know how to walk by the Spirit. I don't know how to hear by the Spirit. I don't know how to be led by the Spirit." The thing that I can tell you is, it's not the same as walking in the flesh. Amen? Amen? And if you're trying to walk in the Spirit by the fleshly means, you're frustrated. Yeah. I want you to understand that you have a body and a soul and a spirit. And the only way that you can come to God and experience what we're talking about this morning is in and by the Spirit. We have natural faculties in our, in our bodies that God made us, but we also have a spiritual We have a body and a soul and a spirit, and we're made up in God's image. And when we try to mix the soul and the spirit together, there's frustration. And when we try to figure out and navigate the things of the Spirit by fleshly means, we're frustrated. And I want to encourage you this morning that there is an opening in the heavenly realms to to invite you into a place of walking by the Spirit, walking in heavenly places that God has ordained, that God has purposed, that God has set up. Those are the places you're invited into. And so if you're trying to walk in the Spirit by the faculties of the flesh, that will continue to be frustrating. It'll continue to be less than what you know is true and what you know is ahead for you. I want to encourage you this morning that walking in the Spirit isn't and can never be achieved by human effort. It can't be knowledge alone. It's a place where only those that are walking by faith, through the Spirit and the truth, can walk. Not your own truth. Not your truth. Not the truth that you have assembled and put together to fit the lifestyle that you want to live. Not that truth. It can't be by natural reasoning. 
It can't be by you trying to discern in natural places what you want to believe and what you don't want to believe. Man today is redefining their truth. And they are establishing their opinion of religion based on what they want it to be. Based on what fits their lifestyle. What fits their idea of who God is. That's not being led by the Spirit. That's self-preservation. And I want to declare to you that strongholds are falling in the day that we're in, and one of them is the spirit of fear. One of them is the place of fear that comes to overshadow you, even as a nation, and try to get you to compromise the Word of God by walking in the flesh and calling it spiritual. And I'm declaring to you this morning, one of the strongholds that are coming down right now in the day that we're in is the spirit of fear. Another stronghold that is coming down in the name of Jesus Christ is the timidness and the lying spirit. The one that comes to convince you that you really can't have what Jesus promised you could have. And it, and it comes to try to convince you that you can have it in a different way. That if you would put the human effort into it and do the religious things and walk according to religious principles, then that is all that there is. And I'm telling you that's a lie. There's more than that. And the strongholds that are coming down in this day, today, the day in August, on the Sunday morning, is the spirit of fear and the lying spirit. The spirits that will follow are spirits of witchcraft, the spirits of rebellion, the spirits of perversion. They're all going to fall according to the word of God. Amen? Amen. And you're experiencing something today that is born by the spirit, born of God's heart, to draw you into a place that you would know and understand. Not your own truth. As I said a few moments ago, flesh is flesh and spirit is spirit. And the two are different, and they're not the same. And one cannot operate where the other one is operating. They're separated. And God designed it that way. You can't walk in the spirit by defining your own truth and what you want to believe and take the parts of his word and dissect it and decide you're going to believe one part and leave the rest because it doesn't line up with what you want to believe. That's what the world is doing right now. They're trying to redefine the truth. Redefine what it is that they would have you believe. And that's not being led by the Spirit. Amen? 1 Corinthians 15, 50 and 51 now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, 
if you've experienced the spiritual, does that mean, so let, let's just bring this another way. You've experienced a spiritual experience this morning. You've experienced something beyond yourself. Something beyond your ability to manifest in the natural and to experience it in our person. So once you start walking by the Spirit, does that mean you're good to go? Does that mean you're, you're once saved, always saved? Does that mean that now you've, you've crossed over the Jordan, you've crossed over the sea, you've crossed over the place, and now you're in the promised land and you're good to go? No. No. God's Word tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4, Now the Spirit expressly says, In the later times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared as with a hot iron. So we have the warning in front of us. We have the warning that just because we start in the Spirit doesn't automatically mean that everything we do from then on is by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit often means you don't know where you're going. You often don't know where you're going. John came up last Sunday and said, you know, I'm nervous and, you know, I've, well, I experience that every time I bring a word. I don't really know how God is going to bring about his heart, how God is going to bring about an anointing upon a people to get them to be where he wants them to be. And being led by the Spirit just means that you're ready to step out in faith in the part that you understand and leave the rest to God. Amen? 2 Corinthians 10.3 For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Where is the war today? In David's time, the war was the nations around him that he was going to take back for the people of God. Amen? The war today is in your mind. It's in your thoughts. It says casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what is, what's going on here is he's saying there are going to be thoughts and processes in your mind that you're going to be struggling with. And you have to divide the word correctly. You have to divide the truth from the lie. You've got to cast down the very argument, the very process of thinking that does not exalt the Word of God, but tries to get you to think about how to process the thought in a way that compromises the Word of God. That's how fear works. Fear comes along and says, there's a global pandemic, right? And all of a sudden, somebody says there's a shortage of toilet paper at the, at, the, at the supermarket. 
instantly, what do you want to do? You want to go buy the toilet paper. And you don't want to buy one or two of which you've been accustomed to do for years and years and years. You want to buy the whole rack. Fear. It's a simple explanation, but I'm telling you, it had such a grip on our lives. And God is saying, enough is enough. My people are not destined to walk by fear. They are destined to walk by the word that I am releasing to them in the rhema word, that word, into their spirits that they would know. It's amazing to me, out of all the things that could have been a shortage in the pandemic, why that? Right? Why? Out of all the things that could be. Because the spirit of fear came upon people and was propagated through the news and received by carnal, fleshly people to respond. We're fighting a battle that is not flesh and blood. There are principalities and powers that are at work trying to discredit our God, trying to cause people to walk by some other method than trusting him. Strongholds are first established in the mind. Behind every single stronghold, there's a lie that produces personal bondage. Where God word, God's word is confused. Behind every lie, there's a fear. And behind every fear, there's an idol. Idols exist wherever, wherever there is failure to trust God's word. I want to give you an example. My personal uh, finances have changed dramatically in about the last year. And one of the things I'm I was struggling with was what should be my tithe? What should be the part that I give to God now? Now that my finances have been totally redefined, totally put into a different area, right? Into a different way of, of managing them, my income that I took home was about half. So I would think that, well, you know, um, maybe I should tithe about half, you know. That part that came to my house and increased me. So after the mortgage is paid, after the taxes are paid, after the insurance is paid, after the food is paid, after all that, right, what do I do? And I struggled for weeks and weeks and weeks thinking, God, what do I do? This doesn't work. What do I do? And because the Holy Spirit has been given to us to remind us of the word of Jesus Christ, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. God, I need you to speak into my life. Because my heart is not to cut my tithe in half. My, my heart, because my hourly rate that I'm paid at work is the same. Right? That didn't... And all of that's going on is the pandemic. Am I going to lose my job? What do I need to do? What do I need to buy right now? What do I need to set in priority? All of those things. And then 
a very quick quickening of my spirit happened to a message that was 20 years ago by a financial advisor that used to go to church here. And the financial advisor was known in this upper valley. Uh, very, he spent his lifetime ministering in this place through financial advisement. And he was very well known. And one time he brought a message and said, uh, he was teaching us about how to uh, walk in a godly place with finances. And somebody from the audience asked him, do I tithe on the gross or the net? In other words, do I tithe on the part that is left over after I pay the mortgage and the insurance and all the stuff and I get what's left over? Do I tithe on that? Or do I tithe on the original amount before it was ever divided up? And his answer was very simple. His answer was, what do you want in God? Do you want the net or the gross? In other words, if you think God is able to uh, speak a blessing over a group of people, and somebody in the audience says, oh, that's for me. And another one said, oh, that part's for me. And it's divided up, right? So the little piece that is left over is for you. If that's how you think about God, then you have your answer. Divide, uh, tithe on what's left over. When he said that, something inside of me bore witness that's not who God is. God doesn't speak a, a word and divide it up to certain individuals. He speaks a word, and whoever comes and believes and knows and understands and is able to receive, to him the fullness of that word is his. And so I decided at that time, there's no way that I can change my tithe. Understand we're talking about spiritual principles here, and we're talking about taking thoughts captive. For every single argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that your responsibility is to cast down. Now, the word of maintaining my tithe wasn't really settling for me because I've always tithed and given a love offering. And I'm like, God, do I just tithe or do I consider giving the whole thing as I always have? And I decided that I wasn't going to change. That I'm going to trust God for who he is. I'm going to cast down the imagination of he can't supply my needs. I'm going to cast down the imagination of I have to prepare for a pandemic and spend and get, my, get a whole winter supply of food and a whole winter supply of fuel and a whole winter and come out of the self-preservation and trust that God is who he said he is. And so I can stand before you this morning and saying that I am with you. The Spirit of God is inviting us as a community of people to walk in higher levels of truth, of higher levels of anointing, of higher levels of favor, 
but it isn't going to feel good to the soul. It isn't going to feel good to your to, to the truth that you have defined and put God in the box and said, this is my truth, God, which is really your truth. It's not going to work. It can never work that way. It can only work by deciding what the word of God is and letting that minister to the fear, minister to the places where we're uncomfortable. God knows. God knows. He knows what our fears are. And that's why he's busy today about releasing the word and seeing the fear fall. That it doesn't continue to have a hold and a grip on your life, but you're walking in a freedom and an anointing and a favor that his word promises through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So when I'm telling you the first things to fall are fear, it's so that you can walk in the freedom and not being afraid of releasing the arrow, of releasing the word, but the assurance of things hoped for, the knowing that God's word does not return void, but it accomplishes what you've sent it out to accomplish. Because when it happens inside you first, and it happens in you as a person, and you're deciding not to walk in the days of old, in the, in the old mindsets, but you're going to walk according to the word. There's a confidence that comes. There's an assurance that comes. And that's what I see happening in the body of Christ right now. You're overcomers all the days of your life. You're not allowing something called uh, COVID-19 to rule your life. You're being wise, right? Says to be wise. And you're doing some natural things to protect yourself. But it's not preventing you and it's not paralyzing you. And it's not captivating you and it's not producing the fear that the, anxiety, that the enemy wanted it to produce. You're separating those minds. You're separating those thoughts in your mind and you're saying, that's the devil. The word of God tells me that he is my protector. That he watches over me. And he brings the wisdom to bring together that you walk on. It isn't walking on in foolishness. It isn't walking on in stupidity. It's walking according to the wisdom and the power and the authority of God. And so as you continue to separate the thoughts of your mind and you continue to experience the freedom like we did this morning and you continue to discern the voice of God versus another voice, he said, my sheep know my voice. And my sheep don't respond to another voice. So as you begin to separate the thoughts and you begin to take the stronghold and, the strong, and you start to see the stronghold come down under the feet of Jesus Christ because that's where it belongs. It belongs under his feet where it's trampled, where it doesn't have the fear and the anxiety and it doesn't have the hold and the grip on your life. And now all of a sudden, you're speaking different words. You're speaking differently. Your mind is now processing the word of God in a stronger way, in a more substantial way. And you begin to even speak differently. And that's what Kathy's vision so impacted me on. When I begin to speak the word of God in the confidence, in the new confidence, 
and in the new boldness and the new assurance of what he's doing in my life. I have greater faith to believe the thing that I'm releasing in the world is going to have an impact, is going to have a, a, a result. Because I spoke to you last time, we're in the vine. We're part of the vine. And it glorifies God when we produce fruit. Amen? It says, my Father is glorified in this, that the fruit that you produce is good fruit. Good fruit. And so there's going to continue to be a release, both in the spirit and in the natural. It will manifest in the natural, and you're going to be thinking differently and processing thoughts differently. You're going to be making different kinds of decisions. And those, that culmination of what that is is going to produce something in the natural as evidence. As evidence. As evidence. Right now, the evidence is the faith that you're holding on to. But the faith that you're holding on to, as you begin to release it and you begin to walk in it, it's going to show itself in the natural for all to see. And we're going to go, wow, God, you're so good. You're an amazing God. To how can you come in to a, to a group, a body of people, and there be a unity in the Spirit, a unity of Christ? Man can't produce that. And when you start to see things on the earth line up with the word of God, you're going to bear witness. Wow. And so let me leave you with this. 1 John chapter 4, 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we have, may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love because fear involves torment. 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 Back to the place of the pandemic and the run on goods and the run on... The, there was always enough toilet paper. There was always enough uh, wipes to go around. There was always... The problem was people were hoarding it because they were moving out of fear. There is no fear in love, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Thank goodness that we are still a work in progress in his hands. That he is still ministering to our fears, our souls, and inviting us to come to a higher level in the spirit of God that we remember when we're struggling, do I tithe, don't I tithe? He's able to remind me of a word that was spoken into my life 20 years ago to give me the answer. He said, I will remind you of all things. The thing is, at that point in time, you have a decision to make. You can either decide that that's not the word I wanted to hear, or that is the word from God, and I shall obey. And so in these days, as you're deciding how to change your life, how to change your mind, how to change your heart, how to change your focus, and you're lining up with God, expect an empowerment to come from on high. Expect an empowerment to come into your life by the Spirit. 
and the unsettledness that you have in your stomach because of the spirit of fear, now all of a sudden is done away with and you have the assurance of faith. I've heard his word. And the anxiety and the stress and the sleepless nights and the knot in the gut, all those things begin to go away and fear begins to fall. That's why I'm telling you, we're in the days right now where fear is falling. And it's being put under the feet of Jesus Christ so that the people can walk in a truth by the Spirit, by the power, by the authority of who He is. Not out of timidity, timidity, but of boldness. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your presence this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for who you are. The empowerment. The power, the dunamis. The power of the presence of our Heavenly Father. Let this word be activated in our lives. Let it penetrate that second heaven. Let it go beyond these walls. Let it penetrate hearts and minds and the inner man of each and every person, Father, both that hears these words, but also those in this valley, Father. There's no limitation. These walls can't contain you. These walls can't contain your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoop. Yeah. saw the scene of uh, Jesus, Jesus feeding the multitude. And I heard the Spirit say that he's going to change our mentality and awareness of what we have. Silver and gold, maybe I don't have. What I have, I'll give. And I suddenly saw the scene where 5,000 people were hungry and Jesus said, feed them all. And nobody had any food except one little boy. And he had a fish, a couple of loaves of bread. And when we understand the mentality of God, it became nothing is impossible today. And the miracle worker and the way maker took what that little boy said, you know what he did? He stood up, and I heard it in the spirit. I heard it in the spirit. I saw it as I was having a little vision about this. And the little boy said, wait, wait. I have some. He was the richest among them all that day because he had a basket of a couple of fish and some bread. I'm the rich one today. And he brought it, and God used that. If we could just lay hold of that, how much of the supernatural in the realms of finance or provision would we be walking in instead of the limitations of fear? 
I love the word. It was really blessed. And God so profoundly uh, confirmed it through everything he did here today. Thank you, God. I think you should. You're prettier than I am. So anyway, I'll, I'll stand behind you. And I, you can be the pretty face. How's that? <laughs> I like you too. I'm working on it. Because uh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> after all these years. Uh, just a few things. I was going to announce this after, but we'll do it now. Uh, we've spoken about Sight and Sound is doing their live theater of Esther on a live stream. Kathy and I were blessed to be able to go down a few weeks ago and see it. We've seen all of them. This is the best one. I think it's because of the timing of the Lord as well. So we've spoken this last week. We're going to send out an email. We're going to ask people to RSVP. We're going to show this being September 5th. And that's going to be at 7 o'clock right here. We're going to show it on the big screen here and with the Bose sound. So please, RSVP. That'll be 7 o'clock right here. So RSVP when you get the email so we'll know how many people then for those of you that aren't able to join us, you can already sense the presence of the Father during this Feast of Tabernacles. And so I just wanted to make it known, because the Feast of Trumpets begins on September 18th at 6 o'clock in the evening, or as the sun goes down, through the 19th. And so that's an important time for you to gather. Yom Kippur is going to be that, which is September 27th, at through the 28th. And then for us, we're going to be gathering Feast of Tabernacles October 3rd through the 11th. Okay? So for you that are gathering, the feast begins on October 2nd at 6 o'clock. We're gathering at 7, excuse me, at 6, 7 o'clock on the, on the Saturday the 3rd through the 11th. Because we're orchestrating the ministries that are coming in and we got some special surprises that we haven't told you about. So at some point, once our little card and our thing is made up, then everybody will know uh, what the, the Lord has done as far as drawing those that are going to be this time. So, for all of you that have watched this morning, uh, we really uh, trust that God has ministered to your heart, and that your house will be filled, flooded with His presence, and that the Word will that will become manifested as your flesh. And we're going to continue the rest of our gathering. So bless you, in Jesus' name.